guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five Front Range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Happy Tuesday, everyone. If Is, is there such thing as a happy Tuesday? Tuesdays are kind of boring, you know? Not a lot of college basketball, not a lot of sports. I feel like Tuesday tends to be the off day for teams with travel rotations and stuff, but... That said, we've got plenty to talk about. I'm going to be talking Boise State and this whole fiasco with the Mountain West. Uh, It seems like that relationship is growing uh, thinner and thinner, so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Also going to talk CSU football briefly. Going to wrap things up with Bachelor Talk later in the episode. I know that's everybody's favorite. What a week. It was kind of a kind of a boring episode honestly there was 
some good dramatic moments, but I'll talk about it later because I know not everyone is a Bachelor fan, so I like to save that for the end. We'll keep things uh, rolling with the sports right off the bat here. And yeah, the the gr- good sign for CSU fans, no early draft entries for Colorado State. Kevin Lytle uh, tweeted that out earlier this afternoon. All signs indicate that Warren Jackson will be back for his senior season. Uh, kind of matches what I had been saying for the last couple of weeks. You know, I'd said multiple times, uh, based on what I was hearing, he intended to come back. Uh, none of that was confirmed. And technically, you know, still not confirmed at this point. But at least at this point in time, it seems like he will be back for his senior season. If you look at his Twitter bio, he, it says CSU uh, 21 in there. So no indication that he intends on leaving. Uh, graduating early, anything like that. I'm not sure where he's at as far as uh, his academic status and and, like how close he is to obtaining his degree or anything like that. But assuming that he will be back, you will, you know, for the, for the sake of this operating under that assumption, it's just really, really, really big for Adazio and Joey Lynch and everyone. I mean, I think Warren, if used properly, has the chance to really blow up and maybe even go as high as the first round. Uh, Probably second or third round would be my guess at this point. You never know uh, what could happen in a year, though. Uh, The thing about Warren is he's just such a complete player, has incredible hands. He's a great blocker. He runs clean routes for someone of his size. I mean, you don't really see a lot of, you know, true 6'4 wide receivers that can move laterally the way that Warren does. He does a nice job of using his upper body to to sell and really get DBs to bite and it's impressive you know it's it's been impressive to see the work that he's put in over these last couple of years because that's kind of where he needed to improve most I mean we saw from day one you know they go down to Tuscaloosa in 2017 he mosses a couple of defenders goes up and high points the ball twice in the end zone two phenomenal grabs you always knew he had that athletic ability you always knew he would be a mismatch, you know, in the red zone in situations like that. But the work that he's done to really just become a complete number one wide receiver, it's it's a testament to him. And I'm I'm really impressed with him. I'm always impressed with him. You know, he's he's always polite with everyone that he interacts with. He's just genuinely a, a good dude. And I don't want to be, you know, too over dramatic here, but I honestly think, you know, Warren being back is the difference between winning, you know, a few close games and, and losing them. He's just such a mismatch. I think he has, you know, good chemistry with O'Brien, which is going to be big. You don't want to lose your number one wide receiver uh, when you have a, a quarterback going into his senior year and a first year coach. So just, you know, from a chemistry standpoint, it's going to be huge. But, you know, as we saw time in and time out, there's just not a lot of DBs in the Mountain West that are going to be able to hang with Warren, at least not consistently. And I think if CSU would have had him for that Utah State game down in Logan last year, I think. They probably find a way to win that game. Uh, maybe San Diego State as well. You know, they really played pretty well against the Aztecs on that loss. I know the score doesn't really indicate it, but that game was a lot closer than it was. And CSU just kind of tr- struggled to score. And that's where you need a guy like Warren. So big, big news that he'll be back. Um, or, it, you know, it seems like he'll be back. He hasn't put anything on Twitter. We haven't gotten any, you know, announcements or anything like that. But since he didn't declare and it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to transfer I think we can operate under the assumption that Warren will in fact be back 
for his senior year, which is great news. All right, moving on here. I wanted to talk briefly about this Boise State situation. I talked about it a little bit when the initial report came out that Boise State was upset with the Mountain West for basically coming out and saying that moving forward, they did not intend to uh, allow Boise State to negotiate their media rights separately. Uh, Even with this current deal, this new deal with Fox, Boise State was able to do so, uh, basically gave their home games to Fox and their road games to CBS. So they just get a bigger chunk of change. Uh, The thing is, you know, everyone's TV revenue tripled from the the base deal in the league this time, even Boise State. Uh, So, you know, really it's not like this current deal is a bad deal for Boise State. They were able to negotiate separately, like I said, so they get more. Uh, But, you know, moving forward, it's, it's definitely going to be you know interesting to see if they can repair this relationship because right now I'd say it's about you know it's going about as well as the relationship between Nolan Arenado and Jeff Breidich and that's obviously if you're a Rockies fan or a baseball fan if you're paying attention to that it's it's not good and that seems to be where this Boise State situation is heading. Boise State actually released a statement uh, in response to this situation. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read it for you here. Let me pull it up. The, uh, the Mountain West stated that this was the last time our deal would be negotiated separately. However, Boise State's decision to join the conference was predicated on a number of negotiated provisions, including the right to separately negotiate material terms of media rights relating to our home games. This is stated in our conference agreement and cannot be changed by any vote of membership or conflicting agreement. We will not support any change to this provision and are in the process of weighing our options to move forward. Uh, Basically, you know, Boise State is saying we're not going to accept any change in negotiation. We, when we agreed to join the league back in 2011, these were our terms. These are still our terms. You can take them or leave them. Not exactly shocking that Boise State (laughs) reacted this way. I've joked about a lot in the past that Boise State is a school with a massive ego. I still feel that way. Um, I do, I will say, they kind of have a point here. If you look at the original agreement back when they joined the Mountain West, there was, you know, there's there's no provision in there that says, like, the first two media agreements... Boise State can negotiate separately. It just says that they can negotiate separately. So I get why they're upset. You know, they kind of feel like the league is screwing them over here. The counter is that, you know, things do change. And in the current format of college football, Boise State just is not as valuable to the league as they were in 2011. That's not to say that they're not one of the most valuable institutions to the Mountain West. They clearly are. They're, you know, one of the the best G5 football programs in the country uh, they've definitely been the most consistent football program in the Mountain West over the last decade. But in the era of the college football playoff, being an elite mid-major just it doesn't hold the same weight that it used to. I mean, look at UCF a few years back. They ran the table, uh, got all kinds of national attention, didn't even come close to making the playoff. Not even close. Not even a legit shot. They weren't even ranked fifth. That's how much the committee 
valued being an undefeated mid-major. It's It sucks as somebody that covers a mid-major, as somebody that loves the Mountain West and some of these smaller programs. It sucks. But that's just the reality, you know? It's being a, a quality mid-major, just it isn't the same. It isn't what it used to be. Maybe some of the other schools, if you're a program like Houston, just because of your TV market and, and your access to Texas recruits and all that, maybe you can kind of elevate the program a little bit differently there uh, than you could in somewhere like Boise, Idaho. But it's just the reality, man. Like the, the college football playoff is killing these G5 programs. And at some point, I think Boise State just kind of has to take a hard look in the mirror and evaluate themselves you know they could they could leave the league and they could pursue somewhere else maybe join uh, the american or something like that the problem is that's a ton of traveling you're gonna go all the way across country consistently i don't think boise state could foot that bill even with more tv revenue i just i don't i don't see that happening they could go independent but they don't have the national following that a school like byu or notre dame has and honestly, like, has has going independent really been that much of a success for BYU? I know they have the the TV deal and all that, but it's not like BYU's any more nationally relevant now than they were when they left. The schools that left that joined leagues, you know, Utah, TCU, they're doing a lot better for themselves than BYU is. So if you're Boise State, are you going to go independent with less resources, less of a fan base, less of a following, and expect to be more successful than BYU? I doubt it. Take a look in the mirror, guys. I'm not saying that Boise State doesn't have beef. You know, like I said, they have a legitimate gripe because there were no stipulations when they joined the league that this would ever come to an end. But we didn't know the playoff was coming then. And in this current landscape, I just, I don't see how Boise State raising hell over this is going to end up being a win for them. I mean, of all the G5 leagues, at least in terms of football, I'd say the Mountain West is up there. I think you can make the argument for the American, but I think a lot of that is overrated. I think consistently, uh, it's just a more competitive league in the Mountain West, top to bottom. I think some of your your top programs in the American are solid, but top to bottom, I would just I would take the Mountain West over it. That's just my opinion. I don't know though. You know, if you're if you're Boise State, I don't know what you do. It's a tough situation. But if I'm the Mountain West, I'm standing my ground because of all the things that I've said. You know, being an an elite G5 team, just it isn't what it used to be. And Boise State does not have the same type of leverage that they once had. And I think Craig Thompson knows that. I think the rest of the schools in the league know that. And I think deep down, Boise State knows that. But regardless, I will definitely... I have my ear to the ground. I will be keeping up with it. I'm sure most of you will be as well. If you have any thoughts on this, you know, comment on the pod, tweet at us, all that fun stuff. I'm curious to see, like, do the Mountain West fans really want Boise to leave? I mean, losing Boise would be a blow. They are a nationally relevant program, but I don't know. I feel like part of the, a lot of the fans would just be like, well, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And that's a lot of that is just because they don't like Boise State. But it's it's a weird situation, and this relationship seems to be uh, fraying by the day. So 
definitely something to keep an eye on for Mountain West fans. Going to be interesting. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of Bachelor, uh, but we're going to take just a quick second here to acknowledge our partners. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Rams. You've got the Super Bowl coming up. You may be thinking to yourself, oh God, what am I going to do? There's not just one kind of beer I can get that's going to satisfy everyone. Don't worry. Breckenridge has got you taken care of. They have the variety to make your Super Bowl party a success. Don't be that guy that just shows up with a 12-pack of Bud Light. Bring some variety. Bring a vanilla porter. Bring some avalanche ale. Bring some Colorado core. Nice and crisp. You can't go wrong. Whatever you do, though, make sure you grab some Breckenridge wherever beer is sold. Pick them up at the liquor store. Pick it up at the grocery store. Visit the Breck Farmhouse. I just can't say enough good things about these guys. Support Breck. Support DNVR. Support local. All right, moving on with the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain pie. Uh, The DNVR fam can get some free cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. Tell them that DNVR sent you. We're going to wrap things up here uh, with some Bachelor talk. I am going to talk a lot of hoops tomorrow. The Rams obviously have a big, big game coming up against Fresno State, an opportunity to extend their winning streak to five games, something they haven't done in a couple of years now. So the tide seems to be turning for this program. You know, I've had a lot of great things to say about the staff and and these young players, and really you can't can't overstate just how impressive uh, these freshmen have been. They they play so beyond their years, and it's just encouraging to see, one, that the freshmen are it's starting to click. You're starting to see them really gel as a unit. I think the defense, the effort all around has been very encouraging. The recruiting, just top to bottom, everything about this program is heading in, in the right direction. And I'm, I'm very excited. You know, I'm a big college football fan. I always have been. But over the last, you know, four or five years, college college basketball has really just won my heart. I just love covering it. I don't, I don't think there's anything I enjoy covering more at this point. Um, it's just the energy, the atmosphere, all of it. You know, that said, get, get your butts in Moby Arena. Let's get Moby rocking again. I've talked about it uh, yesterday and, and many other times. But Moby, you know, even, even when there's only a couple thousand people, it gets pretty dang loud. If, if you could get, you know, six, seven thousand, even closer to a sellout, it's, it's one of the tougher places to play in the country when it's truly... Uh, rocket you add in the the altitude and just everything else it's it's a pretty great home court advantage so get your butts to Moby big game coming up against Fresno State they're not the best team in the league but they're young they're athletic and you know they can they can score in bunches they can make things tough on you so can't take any game for granted in the Mountain West we've seen it all year it's been absolute chaos everyone's beating everyone I mean really college basketball as a whole no, no team is safe right now Seems like whenever anybody gets up to number one or number two, they immediately fall. Uh, I already have anxiety about trying to fill out my bracket this March. It's going to be chaos. Like the bracket pool winner this year is definitely going to be that person that knows nothing about college basketball, but picked their favorite mascots or picked them based on like the cities they had been to or something like that. Uh, the, The people that actually watch the game that obsess over it, that eat, sleep, and breathe college basketball like me. Uh, we're probably going to finish in last place because it's just chaos this year, man. It's absolute chaos. 
teams that are not winning are winning teams you know that should be winning are struggling uh, shoot it, it may be the year that a mountain west team makes the final four because san diego states looked you know just about as complete as anyone so you know if you're looking forward to, to more college basketball talk we will be back uh, with more of that tomorrow uh, but i just wanted to spend these last couple minutes here giving you a couple of thoughts on the bachelor all right first things first Peter is a total dud. He's really boring. Zero personality whatsoever. The guy's just a stick in the mud. I mean, seems like a nice enough kind of dude, and I, I sympathize for him with the, the situation with Hannah Brown. That would mess up anybody. But, you know, without the contestants just being awful to each other and causing all this ridiculous drama, this season wouldn't even, it wouldn't be that interesting. It would kind of suck. I mean, how many times is Peter just going to be like, nah, I'm out, and and leave the room with all of the, the chicks just standing there like, what the hell, dude? Like, you're just going to leave us? I mean, he's done it like three times. We're only three episodes in, and he's just dipped on everyone like three different times. You know, like I said, I get that it would be stressful and emotional and and all of that, but you got to be able to, to handle it on the fly a little bit better than he has. Uh, his, his only move is just like, I will say this, he... he is very like smooth in terms of like making out and stuff. He's like kissed all of them and seems to <laughs> have it on lock when it comes to the the physical aspect. But he just he's so boring, man. No personality whatsoever. I, I he brings back people constantly that I don't understand. Uh, this week it was McKenna. She's just she's so extra. She's my least favorite character, or she's not a character contestant. Uh, she's only twenty two years old. She's like a fashion blogger. Or something. I'm not trying to to crap on her profession or anything like that. I just one. I don't even think you can be ready to know that you're you want to be, you know, somebody's forever or whatever at 22 years old. But I just everything she does is is so extra and melodramatic. I mean, watching her react to everyone else getting a rose was so annoying. Uh, her facial expressions, just like the chick that's very clearly gotten everything that she's ever wanted her entire life and so used to it. Uh, she just drives me crazy. I mean, there are a couple of those. I'm glad that alea has gone. She was the same way, you know, total, totally fake. Uh, used to be a beauty contestant, and I'm not saying that people that do pageants and stuff are all fake, but you could just tell she was putting it on for the cameras, totally uh, just trying to get famous. You know, I didn't really believe her at all when she was saying, you know, that she was genuine and was falling for him. Maybe Maybe that's wrong, you know, but that was definitely the impression that she gave, and that's, you know, kind of what I came away thinking. Uh, moving forward, I think Madison is probably my front runner. I know she had a recent incident where she got caught uh, with an Insta burner, but, you know, it happens to the best of them. She's definitely not the first celebrity to have a burner account. She won't be the last. Um, I'm not that worried, but I just... She seems to be a little bit more stable than some of these other people, and her connection with him seemed real, but I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued by The Bachelor. I, I don't know if I'll be back for next season or not. Uh, these last couple episodes, these last two have not been quite as entertaining to me, uh, but I think it we're moving forward, and the drama will probably pick up as it gets going, and it gets down to like the nitty-gritty when they only have you know two or three contestants left. I'm not super familiar with the format. Like I said, I only watched uh, the, the last two episodes of last season, and then I've started this season. So, 
you know, yeah, that that's my thoughts on The Bachelor this week. We'll have more Bachelor talk next week. It's always brief. I don't like to overwhelm anybody with it. It's not like it's a main part of this podcast or anything like that. I just know that a lot of people watch it. Uh, trying to give you guys a little bit of insight into what my personal life is like. Let you get to know, you know, me. I mostly, you know, focus on college sports, CSU and all of that. That's the point of this podcast. Uh, but I do like getting to know everyone and, and letting you guys get to know me. So, you know, just trying to, to let you know what I'm interested in and all that fun stuff. That said, we will be back tomorrow. More hoops talk coming your way. Really excited for this game against Fresno State. Think it should be a fun one at Moby. Hopefully the students will show up. Shouldn't have a lot of homework given that it's the first week of class and Monday was off. You know, so Wednesday it'll be their their first day back with Monday with the Monday, Wednesday, Friday slate. Shouldn't be too intensive. Uh, head over to Moby, enjoy the game for a couple hours, then hit the bars. That's what it's all about. That's the college experience. Uh, let's get that madness back, though. We will be back tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Hope everyone has a very happy Tuesday night. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly, primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non